0: Happy Monday, December 6th, 2021. This is the Just Baseball Show. Jack McClendon with Arm Layton. You know, people will come up to me on the street and say, Jack, how do you fill your time when Major League Baseball is in a lockout? I'll tell you what I do. I podcast about baseball, and we create a shit ton of hypotheticals, and we roll with them, and that's what we're
1: doing today. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's hypothetical season, but we're not going to just roll out some crazy stuff like there is a lot of of thought we put into this i called you ahead of my pickleball game with my mom yeah Um, in boca in boca raton yeah i'm I'm going all in on just the the ridiculous uh retired lifestyle over here Yeah, what is my life what yeah you know what it it, it was nice pickleball low-key workout like it's it's a lot of twitchy movements uh and you know what man like these middle-aged women no mercy like they'll rocket that shit at you but it's it's a wiffle ball it, it, it like stings for a second but like i wasn't expecting that yeah so good game pickleball, though
0: pickleball is like kind of the middle between
1: tennis and ping pong correct except you run more than you think you huh. run more than you think okay and it, it's a good game it's a good game I, I will back it and um my mom i i can't lie she's she's pretty nasty. Like she's good.
0: Here's the thing though. Like that's their unique movement, right? Like they were probably so much better at pickleball than you were, even though you might consider yourself, you know, with a little bit more natural athleticism than a generic 55 year old woman playing at the country
1: club in Boca. Right. Yeah. The difference is like, you can just get to everything. Like they put it over your head. Like I was just, it was clay courts. I'm like running Nadal sliding, like trying to save that (laughs) thing. Like I put it over their heads. They're just like, good job. You dumped it in there. Like point you. Yeah. But um, the
0: thing is like, they are, they are more technically sound with
1: pickleball. So my girlfriend took, me oh, to they're, they're robots. They're robots. Yeah. It's on a, yeah. Unforced error machine over here. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, a good I mean, point.
0: That's a dude, good point. Surgical. Like, cause they know the movement. My girlfriend took me to yoga when we were in college and this was the oh. first time ever doing a yoga class. And I oh. loved it. It kicked my ass. Like she of was, of course fine. you loved it. She was all good for the hour. And like 15 minutes in,
1: I was like, Shh, this is like the hardest workout I've done in months. I'd, I'd rather get 90 to the ribs than do, <laughs> than do a hot yoga class. I know yours wasn't hot, but I, you know, I'm, I'm it was hot. hot. Oh, was oh hot. 90 to the ribs. Give it to me. You know, Griffin Conine, one of my good friends and my other friend, Adam Sachs, um, who played with, with us in high school and played at Cornell, the two of them, you know, we, we always catch up when we're home. And I shoot him a text. I'm like, you yeah, know, what's going on? Obviously, Griff finished up his season with the Marlins in double A and, and Adam was in San Francisco working with Google. So I never see them. And they're like, oh, we're doing a yoga class. It's like, you know, I really want to see you guys text me when it's over and met him after. Like, you couldn't pay me to do it. It's miserable. It's absolutely miserable. But we'll, we'll save that for for another time. See, I enjoy
0: it. Um, before we get to our hypotheticals, and what we're doing on this episode is we are pinpointing a lot of guys with team control. So we've been talking about free agents for the last however many weeks. We don't want to do that right now. We want to talk about trade candidates for the 2022 season, if that season exists. And we're going to keep that conversation for a different time. But you know, we're looking at guys that are trade candidates either once the lockout ends and you can re-rev up with a spring training or through the deadline, right? We're looking at guys that could be on the move.
1: And I think contextualizing the return, you know, what can these guys bring in? How likely are they to get dealt? Like, I mean, these are all really good conversations because I see people floating. One, I see a lot of, like what kind of inspired this episode for me is one, I see a lot of hypotheticals of guys that I don't think are going to get traded. Like that's one side of it. Two, I see a lot of trade hypotheticals where people are just really off on the value and they're not realizing how much control comes into it on both sides, right? Like Mookie bets with years of control gets you the biggest hall in baseball history. Mookie yeah. bets with no control gets you a solid hall, but one that's not even the biggest we've seen in the last couple of years. That's the difference. Um, a middling player with control can get you still a very substantial return. So that's kind of what we're talking about here and comparing because just because one player is better than another, doesn't necessarily mean the return is going to be bigger. Um, And that's why I'm excited to get into some of these players and how likely we are, you know, we think they are to get traded and, and what kind of return and who those targets may be, because there's some players too, that a team may be interested in them. You know, like you might need a center fielder, but you might legitimately not have the means to go get said center fielder. So that's an important component of it too. Just because you need that guy doesn't mean you can get that guy. And some of the guys that we're going to mention here only a few teams are capable of acquiring these types of players.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are a couple of names on this list where I'm just like, I, I, they might break the bank. I, mm-hmm. We talked about that. That was one of my hot takes for this upcoming year. Shane Bieber and Jose Ramirez get traded, and it's the biggest prospect return we've ever, ever seen in a transaction just because those guys, their abilities and their contract are the perfect storm to take the Guardians to the next level on the return alone. So like, that's kind of what we're looking at. We're looking at a a lot of these people that somehow are deemed expendable by their team that is trying to kickstart a rebuild. But I do want to go over two things, just housekeeping-wise, before we get into that. Non-baseball-wise, first for me, and then second, I got to attack something that you just said. Uh, Number one, guest contributor for CNBC um, wrote an article about how Jeff Bezos hired her directly at Amazon in 2002. So like bootstrap time of Amazon and Jeff Bezos, you know, character flaws, certainly character flaws here. But apparently she went through like this deep vetting process, tons of interviews, days long, Amazon ghosts her for several months. She thinks like it's done. All of a sudden she gets an email from Amazon saying, Hey, we've got one more interview. This is the final interview. And then that's it. She meets with Bezos, who is the final boss, 2002, Amazon. Bezos is hiring her for a position to work for him directly. He's got two questions in the entire interview. Two-question interview. First one, you ready for this? this
1: I know what this is going to be. Do you make your bed?
0: No, no. That's actually the next uh, thing on the agenda here. But um, the first question was, I want you to estimate the number of panes of glass in the city of Seattle. He said, I'll do the math. He pulled out like a dry erase marker and, and hopped on the whiteboard and said, I want you to guess the number of panes of glass in the city of Seattle. So, you know, she went through the whole process like, okay, there are, you know, about a million people in Seattle. Um, they've got how many windows on their cars? They've got how many windows in their homes? How many windows in their workplace? Like she ran through every scenario where somebody has a window that is theirs, because he just wanted to see how she ticked. And then the second question was, it was simply, what are your career goals? So like this guy in a two-question interview just wanted to see how her brain functioned. Wow.
1: And I think that's how that shit works, right? That's how that is that is pretty brilliant. It. That's pretty brilliant. I like that a lot. Uh, we're going to do that to the next, uh, the next poor uh, person who wants to work with us at just baseball. Like, yeah, I just want a writing position. Like, how many windows are there in Seattle? Just like, did I just want to write about the Mariners?
0: That'd be good. You're the GM of the Rockies. How on earth do you get Jose Ramirez on your team? That's a great
1: question. That would be a good one. Yeah. (laughs) What do you do? What do you do? It's an impossible task. How do you do it though? I'm using that as an interview question for sure.
0: Boom. There we go. Uh, Number two, you just said making your bed is the biggest
1: hoax in mankind. Yes. Like, what is the point? Realistically, okay. If I know I'm having people over, then I'll then I'll make it. Ninety percent of the time, I have nobody over, and yet I'm supposed to make this thing behind me Loser. here, right? But yeah, I, I'm a, I, All I do is just type away about prospects. I don't. Well, who am I going to hang out with? The point is, is like I make the bed to then come back into it later that that day and unmake it, and then do it over again and over again. What else in life do we do that in? Like what what else is there something like that where you make it just for you to unmake it. What's the point? The sink. What 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 about the sink? You don't let dishes stack
0: up in the sink only to Yeah, cuz that's
1: gross. In. That's gross. I clean my sheets.
0: <sighs> Listen, ma'am. I the reason I make my bed on a daily basis is like strictly for my mental health. Like I feel like when I wake up and I look at my bed and my bed looks like shit. When I get back to, you know, my apartment, my home, wherever I am at two thirty in the afternoon, I'm like, damn, I definitely don't have it all together today. But when I've got my bed made, I say, you know what? Something went my way. I've got control of something today. Let's go. Let's get
1: control of a second thing. Well, I will agree to disagree on that one. But speaking of control, let's tell Marte has a few years of control.
0: Yeah. Three. You wanted to get off that because you knew you were fighting a losing battle. So now let's talk about trade candidates that we see. These are guys that are on bad teams that could get a King's ransom in return. And there are a lot of really, really good players that could possibly be on the trade block. We can start with Ketel Marte. That's mm-hmm. fine. You put together this hypothetical deal for Cattell Marte to go
1: to the Yankees. You want to run it by? Yeah, so actually, you know, we'll have it in the description because I was going to do all trade candidates article to kind of coincide with this. Uh, But then I just got into this Cattell Marte rabbit hole because I came across an article that was basically talking about a recent press conference that, you know, we saw from the D-backs and just generally speaking, the Diamondbacks kind of just saying, you know, like, we just signed Mark Melanson. To a two-year deal, like one of the game's better closers, we want to be better next year. Like Mike Hazen, uh, the Diamondbacks GM, literally said, uh, we know we're not going to put 30 to 35 wins on our win total, which, by the way, still wouldn't put them in the playoffs. Uh, But we're not going to stop from putting a better team on the field that's going to win more games. I, I respect that. I appreciate that. And I, to a degree, I kind of believe that. I mean, they went out and they like, this is not a big deal, but they went out and traded for Jordan loop. like they're, they're somewhat trying to like put together some decent players on the field over there. Like Al Thomas is going to get called up. Like they've got some, some dudes, but they're still you like so Pavin Smith. Cool. I think Paven's interesting. I like, it's just, he plays a premium power position and is a bat to ball guy, but I think okay. he's going to put it together. I like Paven Smith. Like I want to see those guys play next year. Yeah. But, what does Ketel Marte do for you? Uh, and that's kind of what I was writing about. It was kind of making the, the point of you need, as is, is nice as it sounds, to hold on to this guy. You got three years of control. Maximize the value now. Trade him. You could get three to four close to big league ready pieces that could help you right now. Or you could get major upside prospects that overhaul your system. Because let's be real, this isn't even that great of a farm system despite the fact that their team is not that great. Uh, So uh, looking at Marte to to answer your question with the Yankees, you know, I like Marte to the Yankees for a couple of reasons. Marte is not the best center fielder in the world, uh, but he can play out there. He can also play second base. The way I look at it is, you know, Aaron Hicks is a bonus at this point, but he's under contract and the Yankees are going to try to play him in center field. As long as he's healthy. He also has missed 300 games (laughs) in the last two years or the last three years. But if he's healthy, you know, you can platoon them in center and otherwise you can play Marte at second base. In this hypothetical trade, Glaber Torres would be going out. So at least the D-backs here have some talent coming in that's big league ready. I had Peraza and Glaber going out there with one of the pitching prospects as well. Like that sounds steep. Could tell Marte is going to take a King's ransom with the three years of control. He's cheap at about 10 million a year uh, the rest of the way. And he can split time between second base and center field, depending on what the Yankees need. They need a left-handed bat. He's a switch hitter. His power is going to play up there big time. I like him in New York. There's a few other teams I like him in. But but I'm kind of just curious on your thoughts. Like, it makes no sense for them to keep him, right? It makes no sense for them to keep him. Uh, and you have to play the numbers game. If you were a
0: team as bad as Arizona, where, you know, it's like the Detroit Lions. Shout out the Detroit Lions for getting a win. Dan Campbell. Shout out Dan Campbell. That guy, that stud. Um, but it's like the Detroit lions, right? You look at that team and you say, oh, uh, we need this one position that will be over the top. No, that's not true. You need a linebacker. You need an edge. You need an offensive line. You need another offensive tackle. You need a quarterback. You need a wide receiver. Like you need everything. If you're the Detroit lions, you need everything. If you're the Arizona diamondbacks. So you're not looking for that one guy to take you over the top because you're nowhere close to even sniffing the middle. You have to get Mm -hmm. to the middle before you get to the top. And in order to get to the middle, you've got to have six, seven, eight guys on your 26 man roster that are solid big league players. They don't have that right now, but with Ketel Marte and those three massive years of control, the thing is his trade value doesn't, fall off a cliff because two years of control is still crazy three is unheard of if you can maximize on three and get three to four possible
1: solid big leaguers on your 26 man roster do it yeah I mean and and that's exactly what, what I was thinking too and to take it a step further you talk about his value there's a way where the value can also take a hit and it's the fact that Marte has struggled with some injury history himself he missed 70 games last year Uh, the D backs have come out and said, we're going to evaluate how much we put him in center because of his injury issues. So it's not quite at the point where it's impacting his value, but if he misses weeks on end this coming year, there's going to be teams that are like, Whoa, okay. I don't know if I'm giving up my, my, you know, cornerstone prospects or anything for a guy that might be injury prone uh, or might not be able to play center field anymore. Like this is the time to trade him. Uh, and I think, you know, every game he plays slowly, that control obviously diminishes a little bit, but you know, they still have plenty of time to do that. They could do it at the deadline. They could do it whenever I think it makes the most sense to do it now, you know, like when they can on the other side of the lockout, uh, because there's going to be plenty of demand there. And, you know, you kind of saw the market settle, uh, with center fielders at this point, I think they need to go do it. And like you said, how do they get better? Let's say you don't trade Marte. What's your path to building a winner? You have the number two pick in this upcoming draft. And then what? Who are you trading? Your system's not that great. I love Corbin Carroll. I love Alec Thomas. I love Jordan Lawler. That still isn't moving the needle for you. No. Thomas is going to be up next year. He's a good player. It could be a very good player. Corbin Carroll is going to need another year. Could be a great player. Lawler's three years away minimum. Yeah, they don't have any pitching prospects. Uh, their big league pitching is not that great. Zach Allen's good. That's, they got Gallen mad everybody else. Yeah. Like it's not great. So they have a lot of ground to make up. And this is your one ticket to, to almost skip four steps. <laughs> like you can legitimately skip a lot of time in this rebuild, like a full year, maybe to two years of this rebuild by trading Marte. If you hit right on the prospects uh, the other package that I like is, I mean, cause this is a team, not just cause I'm a Marlins guy, they have been you know, implicated with them as of the last couple of days. Uh, And going right into the lockout was the Marlins and the Marlins have the means, right? Like D-backs want pitching. They've been trade partners before on multiple occasions. Marlins got pitching. Are you trading a Max Meyer and a larger package for somebody like Katel Marte for the Marlins? Probably. You would do it. I Think so, yeah. How much more do you have to put with Max Meyer? You know, like that's that's the interesting thing. Or, do what do the D backs want? Do they want Eliezer Hernandez uh, like leading a package? He's 26, he helps him now. Like, I don't understand what they're trying to do. Do they want big league ready guys or do they want upside guys?
0: I don't, I don't know. Like, they say, I th- well, it sounds like they want big league ready guys when they signed Mark Melanson, who was, I mean, if we were talking 365 days ago, Mark Melanson's like the butt of a joke, and then now he's a good sign. Um, so I don't know what their recipe for success is right now. I would think it's upside. Um, granted, you know, you might want some guys that you feel like are bust proof Max Meyer. He's certainly got some of that volatility just being a prospect and you not necessarily knowing where he is exactly, but I think Max Meyer is the headliner is a good move. If you have Meyer, maybe throw in another great pitching prospect as well. Like what could Meyer and Edward Cabrera get it done? Oh my God. Marlins
1: fans would vomit on the spot right now. Um, but like that's three years of all-star could Marte. Yeah. You know what? I think no doubt that gets it done. I mean, we're talking about two guys with like frontline upside, number two upside. Uh, yeah. I think, you know, I would only want to trade one of those guys realistically, Um, And then just do a, you know, supplement package, you know, of, of solid complimentary pieces. But if it came down to those two guys for Marte, oh God. Um, It's hard, right? Three years of control for a team like the Marlins, you know, who, who that having a superstar or at least a friend, you know, he's, he's on the brink of being a superstar when he's healthy. At that cost affords the Marlins and the opportunity to go spend more elsewhere. Yeah you got to think about it from that perspective. Marlins fans would kill me for saying yes to that. I think you, I realistically would trade one of those guys. And then, you know, they have so many other dudes in the system that they could deal. Yeah. Uh, but if it, if that was the deal, like it, you had to do that or nothing else, I'd, I'd have to sleep on it, but I'd give it a long thought. Yeah. Shit, man.
0: Wow. That that's an interesting one. Could tell Marte for Max Meyer and Edward Cabrera.
1: I'm telling you, I would get booed off of Twitter right now if I tweeted that one out. Oh like, my god! Booed, Marlins fans would rip me. Would you get canceled? Oh yeah, it would be okay. worse than than the Dinger incident. Yeah, <laughs> and that is D I N G E R, the mascot of the Rockies. Yes, uh, um, probably so on. many new listeners that have no idea about that story. <laughs> you just just Google my names. name and and D I N G E R, and you'll find out. That's the craziest part is you <laughs> yeah. can actually Google it. Like the, oh. this, this, is Googleable. rm
0: Aram, Aram, already got canceled. What's the movie with Leo where he fights the bear? Um, no, nah, oh. uh, you know what I'm talking about? The I one know that he won me. the Oscar for.
1: Yeah. I never watched that, but yeah. But it like, looks like one of those where like, they just try so hard for the Oscar that they just milk out like every scene and the angles. And it's just like, it's a cinematic masterpiece. Like, that's great. I was bored. Like, that's, that's what I saw it as. And I was like, I'm not going in
0: there. Yeah. But like the, um, his main line is that his main line in that movie and and I never saw it. So I'm going to butcher, butcher the hell out of this. Um, It was something like, um, you know, how can you, how can you die if you've already died or something like, how can you, it's, it's something weird. And I'm just thinking you can't be canceled because you've already been canceled. So you're fine. You're uncancelable now. Yeah. Um, let's move on to Cedric Mullins here because Cedric Mullins is a guy that had his name circulating big time. I know you liked having his name circulated in the Marlins brass. He probably doesn't get a return as big as Cattell Marte, but Cedric Mullins is, is definitely going to warrant some serious
1: return. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, how many teams are willing to take. I don't even think it's a chance. Like I'm very sold on Cedric Mullins production. Like I, I really think that he is for real. You see the tangible adjustment, that being that he literally stopped switch hitting from the side that he sucked from. And it's just focused on one swing. So it's a phenomenal center fielder. He just turned 27. He's a great athlete. And this is another dude, Jack three years of control. So. You're looking at massive value here too. Doesn't have the track record that Marte has, which is probably what impedes value a little bit, but he's also still going to be cheaper under those three years because these are arbitration years. So he's going to be super, super cheap, whereas Marte's $10 million. I mean, that's a steal, but it's still a chunk of change. Yeah. Cedric Mullins is, is dirt cheap. I love, you know, I know the Marlins have been tied to him. So you know that's obviously somebody that that I think the Marlins have continued to to look at. The Yankees in division not happening. Like who who else is a target on your end? that You think that makes sense for him? Because I think he's one of the more valuable trade assets too that we we're, we're going to talk about. Yes, but he's also nowhere near as proven as a guy like Ketel Marte. Oh no, not at all. But he also plays good defense in center field, whereas Marte's doesn't play great defense, but he plays multiple positions. It's really, it's really interesting. It's a fluid situation. I agree. Marte is more valuable. So who's looking at Mullins and who's willing to take that kind of chance? The Marlins, it makes sense. Take that kind of chance. You need bats that badly. Like who else is willing to do that? The Yankees wouldn't do it. It's in division. Like that's where I'm really looking at it. And I'm like, what other team? The Phillies, the problem with them, they don't have the means. I think the Phillies would do it. Dombrowski would would liquidate if he could, but he can't. Like <laughs> he would go, he would honestly go full blown sports
0: authority on the farm system. I oh. mean, he would say everything must go. Stot Abel, you want him?
1: Let's go. Cedric Mullins is home. Yeah, I, I guess could like could they do that? Could Stot Abel and like Alec Bohm get it done?
0: Yes, absolutely. Yes, hundred and fifty percent. Yes, I'm. Dombrowski. Dombrowski
1: just heard this. Like like his ears just perked up. He's like, yeah, wait, I can I can trade guys away right now. Okay. He gets like a sick thrill of it. Just like, watch watch me dismantle this farm system. Oh my gosh, I'm making a meme later. I got <sighs> it. You know the SpongeBob where he runs to the rock and back? You yes. Want to see want me run to that rock and again. back? Want to see me do it again? Maybe that with Dombrowski. Want to see me dismantle a farm system? Want to see me do it again? Oh.
0: Hey, I've got the Leo quote here. It's The Revenant was the name of the movie. The Revenant. like With the bear and shit. And he said, quote, I ain't afraid to die anymore. I've done it already. That's <laughs> Aram with the Dinger incident. <laughs> can't be canceled again. He's already been canceled. Um, yeah. Like, so honestly with Cedric Mullins, I understand that the Orioles are in a similar situation to this team, but a team with a ton of prospect capital that I think could be interested in having three years of control of a guy like that uh, would be Pittsburgh. To be totally honest, you pair him with Brian Reynolds and you Ooh. give up some of those guys, but you also have a ton coming up very quickly. Henry Davis is going to be up probably 2023. Nick Gonzalez 2022. O'Neill Cruz 2022. Key Brian Hayes is already up. He looks really good. I mean, like, I feel like a team like that could maybe make sense. It's not the best destination for Cedric Mullins. He wouldn't be happier, I don't think. But I think if you're the Pirates, I think Ben Charrington is the GM. In, in yep, Ben Charrington is. Yep. He I think he's got to look at that and
1: say, you know what, we can actually pull this off and it might actually be good for us. That's a wild thought. You know what? And it's funny because I do think that there should be a little bit of a new approach to the way you, like if I were a general manager, yes, I want to stockpile prospects. Like that's, you know, when you're rebuilding, you want to have as many talented young players as you can, but you know, I've talked about this in the past, like it's a little bit dehumanizing, but you have to look at them as assets, right? If you if you're going to do your job properly, you have to look at them as assets because odds are, you're going to trade some of them like the Padres did. And you got to make sure that you maximize those assets. Most of the time we see these teams usually hold on to their prospects uh, and kind of see who pans out. And the thing is, is, you know, let's say you have five top 100 prospects. We know all five aren't going to pan out. If you have one that you're feeling less confident about, like, maybe you trade him and, and you you even though you're far off from competing, you go get a young controllable player that already is a little bit established because instead you let said prospect flame out and now he has no value. And that just, he kind of just disappears into the oblivion in terms yeah. of like the tangible asset. So I kind of like that approach. Another team that's a little bit similar to that, that I think is closer to competing that I like to potentially make this kind of move is the Kansas city Royals. Yeah. Yeah. Because what do, what do the Orioles need? They need pitching. And I look at the Kansas City Royals. They have a few pitching prospects who have struggled, could use a change of scenery, still have value. I look at Daniel Lynch. I look at Jackson Coar. That starts the deal. MJ Melendez, like, they don't want to move Salvi from behind the dish. They want to put Bobby Wood at third and Nicky Lopez at short. Like, they, they clearly are trying to do it now. So if you're going to displace some of your prospects, like, why not go kick it in and go make a move? And stop playing Michael A. Taylor in center field and make him a fourth outfielder because that's what he really is. That makes Kansas City interesting as hell. And you know what? I think that the Orioles would be interested in a package with some of the big league talent and some interesting prospects. And Melendez leading it with with one of Coar or Lynch or whatever, that gets it done, I think, with some complimentary pieces. Okay,
0: so so hear me out on this. You ready? Um, Cedric Mullins goes to Kansas City. For Daniel Lynch, Asa Lacey, and MJ Melendez. <laughs> Holy hall. I think that's too much. That's too much? Okay, how about this? How about Daniel Lynch, MJ Melendez, Kyle
1: Isbell? Deal. I think that's a sick trade for both sides. Isbell's Here, fast as shit. He can here's the problem, Saturday. though. What are the Orioles doing
0: with MJ Melendez? Because you got Adley, and you got
1: Mountcastle at first. That's the other problem. You flip them? Three-team trade this shit? Are we getting wild? Do you like –
0: I'm thinking Melendez, Adley, and Mountcastle is like a three-man, just almost like a volleyball substitution. (laughs) You just constantly alternate first-base DH
1: catcher. Or you put Mountcastle back in the outfield, let him suck, and instead of Melendez, you get Nick Prado. Oh, I don't know. Like we still saw him make uh, 18 starts. And what was Asa Lacey's walk rate, by the
0: way, you just said that's too much,
1: but I was just thinking his walk rate was like 80%. Yeah. He also went to his fastball. I think 90% of the time when he was behind in the count, (laughs) but he's disgusting. Like his stuff is gross, gross. Uh, It's an interesting spot. So that that's the only issue is, you know, like what would they do with Melendez and Prado? But also at the same time, like they're looking to stockpile guys. The weird part is like, these guys are all close to big league ready. So maybe they're not the best partner, but I still would be, I still think it makes sense. Also a three team deal and something like that would definitely work uh, because teams would be lining up. If you all you had to do to get involved in a three team trade is like, you give up some prospects and you can get Melendez or you can get a you know, more higher caliber prospect. And then the Orioles get, you know, like that makes sense to me. Uh, we can't, we, we've we seen it happen in the past. A little complicated, but they could find a way to make it work. Kansas City, I think, is a great target.
0: Listen, new rule. I'm taking over as commissioner after the lockout's over. If you have a trade involving three or more teams, Taylor Trammell has to be involved. <laughs> yeah, he must be traded. Somehow, <laughs> that poor Taylor guy. Trammell must be traded in a three-way or four-way deal. That's how
1: that shit works now. Um, <laughs> I think he's just numb to it. I feel. He just so doesn't bad. even feel it anymore. They're like Taylor, you, you, you like Taylor, you got traded, and he's just like, "All right, where am I going?" Yeah, I was just
0: Airbnb-ing this place, anyways.
1: Yeah, he does not trust anything enough to even walk in a lease for more than two months at a time. Oh, God, oh poor I guy, so bad for him. Any other targets, right? Nobody else that I really think could like go big time for him like it, there's not that many other major major fits yeah, uh, yeah. i like philadelphia I, I think he's a perfect fit for philly so but they've got to literally they've got to do that return we just said yeah and now they actually have the worst system in the history of baseball right so like here's the thing if they let Stott and
0: Abel go who's a worse system the phillies or the white Sox? <sighs> dude i think the phillies they both suck they're both gutted uh, so hard I, the Phillies might be worse, yeah, oh my God, sorry right. for you Lehigh Valley iron Pigs fans out there. Um, I want to talk rough. about two top flight relievers, one objectively superior to the other, but the other could you know kind of get an interesting deal. He was so I want to talk about it, the lesser of the two first because this guy was so at the top of his game in a resurgent front half of this past year. And he just warranted an everyday second baseman and a guy with closer potential in return for him when he got traded. That's Craig Kimbrell. Kimbrell had, well, it was a sub one ERA through the front half of the season. And he got Nick Madrigal and Cody Hoyer, who's a really good relief arm, in return. Ma- or, uh, Kimbrell sucked with the White Sox. He did not deliver on anything that the White Sox asked him to. They said they're going to trade him.
1: What can the White Sox get for Craig Kimbrell? I don't think much, man. Yeah. Who wants to pay that for a reliever? I don't know. Right? Like, if I were the White Sox, this is what I would do. And this might sound really crappy, but given the state of their system, like, I would eat some of the money if it, if it gets me a decent prospect return. Like, that might be what is worth considering. Or why, why, why not keep it? Like, if, if the return is going to be as meager as I think it is, why not just keep them?
0: Yeah, just like play the sell high game. Like, say he strings five good outings
1: together, and you get a phone call. Like, oh okay, yes, yeah, he's back. He's good. I I just think it's selling so low um, that it's not even worth it. Yeah, I don't. And he know. can help just... you. Like, he can help you if he's good.
0: And the thing is, like we say, we're asking who the suitors could be. And the answer is everybody, because everybody needs a back-end bullpen guy. You cannot have a back-end cost. bullpen, right? But not so, at that price. I just, yeah, I, I don't know what the return looks like. I don't know who's saying yes to that. Let's get to the really sexy option here. Josh Hader is the best reliever in the game. I mean, I've heard but rumblings it, at the Brewers. It,
1: this is every year, though, and he doesn't go yeah. anywhere. It's I, Josh Hader trade rumors, and then nothing happens. But the rumblings are a little bit louder this year. Oh, you're hearing them a little bit more. Yeah. That like you measuring the decibels. Like why are they louder to you? Yeah, year? on
0: my on my Apple Watch, I pull up this uh, this yellow icon with the ear, and it says, you know, long term exposure to this level of sound may result in hearing loss.
1: Oh, it tells you that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that yeah. that's the Josh Hader
1: trade talks. What is another guy like? Oh, dude, That's a haul. I mean, we're talking about one of the best closers we've seen ever since, since peak Kimbrel. Really? Like, who am I missing? Like recent peak, anybody that's been that good, I guess Chapman, right? Peak yeah. Chapman peak chat. But I honestly think he's, he's like better at this point than, than not like, I guess over the span of four to five years was Chapman that good for four to five years. I think right? so. Yeah. I think okay. so. Yeah, You finish I mean, your
0: point, I'm pulling up his baseball reference.
1: Yeah, no, I, like I could be totally wrong. That's one that kind of slips my mind because uh, he's bounced around so much. I mean, obviously he's had a phenomenal career, uh, but to talk about what Josh Hader could bring in, it's it's weird because you're talking about at the end of the day, you're still talking about a closer, but I think you contextualize it kind of well by mentioning what Craig Kimbrell brought in, right? Like Craig Kimbrell brings in, even under an expensive contract, a really Solid though injured, really solid second baseman and a solid reliever. So what does Josh Hader get you? Who has control until 2024? So you're getting two years of control on the best closer in the game. I think you're getting a top 100 guy and two really quality uh, fillers. Uh, but the, the the flip side of it is, I think this might be a very rare big league for big league trade because the Brewers want to win now, and if they're going to make this deal. I think they're looking for starting pitching in the back end, or they're looking for more bats. They probably are more likely looking for bats, uh, but you know, I, I don't think they'd rule out building a, a super rotation. Okay, I, w- I want to run through this
0: four-year stretch for Araldis Chapman, age twenty-four through twenty-seven. This was his third through three, four, five, sixth, third through sixth year in the league, all with Cincinnati. This is right before he got traded in twenty sixteen. Um. Aralds Chapman, three of the four years had an ERA at two or lower, had a FIP at two or lower. His 2014 season, he had a 0.89 FIP. This guy's K per nine rate from 2012 to
1: 2015, 15.3, 15.8, 17.7, <laughs> 15.7. Wow. So you want to hear a hater over hit that same age span? Yeah. So he had a whip of 0.827. He averaged across those one, two, three, four seasons combined, 16 strikeouts per nine, a 2.52 FIP, and a 2.3 ERA. So the the, the answer is both stupid, like stupidly good, and both interesting off-the-field scandals. Yes. (laughs) One one dates back to him just – being a kid and saying really terrible stuff. Chapman yeah, yeah, yeah. is is a little bit worse, uh, but a lot both insanely. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, really, really good pitchers though. Yeah. Uh, that's a crazy four-year stretch by both of those guys. I would love to see where that stacks up with, with some of the best ever. And the craziest thing is Hader just came off his best year. So Hader coming off of arguably his best year, a 1.23 ERA, which is just disgustingly unfair um, and striking out rounding up to 16 per 9. Yeah. What do the Brewers want though? I think that's more of cuz I can contextualize value. I think I have a decent gauge here. What does a a Brewers team that's looking to compete? I love the run from move they just made that we talked about in the last episode yeah or two episodes ago. But what do the Milwaukee Brewers want? Like why are you trading a guy that could help you win a championship? What's yeah, the point?
0: I, I think they need a hitter with a beating heart. <laughs> okay. They need literally anybody that can swing a baseball bat and make contact. So who's giving you a, a
1: legit hitter for a closer? Like who has the ability to do such a thing? This is right. Who has this
0: surplus of outfielders? I'm thinking that needs a closer because you've got Renfro who will likely be a DH when this new CBA goes into play, I mean, he is probably making the move to DH. I'm just trying to fill out who is a legitimate big league everyday player for the Milwaukee Brewers offensively. Throw I'm, Yelich in left, um, throw Adamus at short. Like, Are you still riding
1: with Lorenzo Kane in center?
0: Like, no. No. I mean, I guess let's just for the sake of this, let's say yes. Who can you get a third baseman, a first baseman, or a catcher from in exchange for the best closer in the game? Oakland, but Oakland's not competing.
1: So no. So I have two for you. One is Toronto Blue Jays. They get hater. You trade to the Brewers, you know, either Gabriel Moreno, which I don't think they'll do. No. Alejandro Kirk, you know and a cabin Bigio, Kirk Bigio and like a prospect for Josh Hader is pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. Kirk Biggio and a top five arm in your system.
1: Yeah. I like it. Or, or, you know, a bat, the other one. That's interesting. Let's say you don't believe in low Kane anymore to the angels for, for Joe my Adele. Right. <laughs> trap for Joe Adele. And a filler. Yeah. What about that? Could like Joe Adele and Jordan Adams be it? Yeah. How cool would that be? I now you have Rizella Glacius and Josh Hader in your back end. I don't hate it. That's the sickest back end of a bullpen ever. And you know what? Yes, they need starting pitching, but. You need pitching. You need you're hearing pitching. the noise, right? You've been hearing the
0: noise for years. You've got this offense. You've got the best player on planet earth. You've got Mickey fucking mantle and you can't make the postseason because you can't pitch. Yes. You've got the chance to go get a hall of fame caliber bullpen arm
1: at the peak of his powers. And the, the inning's over or the game's over in the seventh inning. If you're winning in the seventh, it's over, over. 99% over. of the time. Ryzel Iglesias is peaking right now too. He's figured it out. Like you, and you can mix and match. Like you could take turns with those guys closing because Iglesias has crazy splits. Hater just blows everybody out of the water. Like you can totally mix and match. I would love that move. Even if it takes a little bit more, like maybe you trade Chris Rodriguez in that deal, whatever it is, the, the angels wouldn't feel it. Brandon Marsh is good enough. Like he's, I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to be above average regular with sick glove and really, really fast. Sick beard sick beard too. Like this is this is a trade that would fire me the hell up. Yeah. If you have those two guys in the back end of your bullpen. Damn. Obviously not going to happen. Um I still don't even think I think the Josh Hader rumors are just like still all fake. I don't get it. Like I don't know where it's all coming from. Yeah. Uh but that would be the sickest trade ever. Uh but those are two teams that I think would be is like crazy enough and are capable of trading big league ready talent bats wise, like BGO needs that changes. You could be a problem in Milwaukee. Like I, I was very concerned about him. He could be, you know, that could be the revitalization he needs. Obviously you need a main piece with that, but that could be a lot of fun. It could be a lot of fun. This is so much fun. And like, we could keep
0: going forever, but the reality is the lockout might be six months long. So we need more content to, uh, to stockpile in the back. So we're going to save some guys. Uh, I do want to throw out two more quick first Wilson Contreras. I mean, Wilson looks expendable now that the Cubs signed Jan Golems right before the lockout hit Wilson Contreras seems like he's on the way out. I that's what his tweets are saying. What can you get for Wilson Contreras? He's got one more year of control. Yeah. Just this year.
1: And that's it. Um, you know, they, they, they should have traded him last year. Yeah, I have agreed. no idea. This is a perfect example. Why did you not trade him last year? You knew where you were at as the Chicago Cubs. Why did he not go out with some of these other uh, with some of these other you know guys that you traded out? Yeah, we saw you know the Cubs. I think did a great job of maximizing their returns on on lame ducks. You know, with with Rizzo, with with Kimbrel, and with the guys that we saw sent out of there uh, with Javi Baez. Even I mean, to get Pete Crow Armstrong, fantastic. Yeah, how about Bryant with Canario? Yeah. Bryant and Killian. He's great. Like they they did a great job, but you got to maximize your value here. They didn't. And I think still Contreras as, you know, a great hitting catcher, uh, which is just so rare today and still a a solid defender, at least good enough. I I still think he gets you a top 100 guy. I mean, like like if we're looking at what KB brought in, you know, I, I don't know if it's quite what KB brought in, but I think it's something in between Baez and KB, right? Like Pete Crow Armstrong's not a top 100 guy, but he's a solid prospect. That's probably top 200, maybe top 150. KB brought you in somebody, two guys that I think are right on the fringes of being top 100 guys or, or arguably top 100 guys. I think it's something between that. So you could either go with the two really solid guys or one top 100 guy in a lottery ticket. Like that's probably what you get. They could have got way more. We'll see. Uh, but I think there's going to be no shortage of teams lining up willing to do that. I'm surprised that it hasn't happened yet. And, and just entertain me one more
0: time. Let's let's put together a hypothetical for Jose Ramirez.
1: Okay. Well, first, first, right before we do that, like, who is trading for Wilson Contreras?
0: I mean, I guess any contender that needs a catcher for a year. I don't think his market is that great before the season starts. I think his market is great at the
1: deadline. I agree. At this point, at this point, the control is irrelevant, right? Because the control is gone. Teams don't care about three months versus whatever. No. If he rakes this year and a team, inevitably, teams are going to have catchers go down. Like, you wait. How about this? You wait. Let's say the Giants, you know, Joey Bart struggles. You don't think that they're going to be ready to, to pay up again? And you know, we know the dialogue's there. If Joey Bart's not hitting, like they'll say, Hey, we need a catcher now. Like we're trying to win. And they don't care that he's going to be a free agent. Like Dude, th- that, that, that's the number one partner for me, I think. How about, how about San Diego? I'm also looking in the NL
0: West right now. Yeah, they just traded for Jorge Alfaro. But I mean, you know, firsthand that Alfaro is not going to do anything for a team that is looking to win any games. He has hmm. the highest
1: swinging strike rate in modern baseball history. Boom.
0: They, there's your problem right there Austin Nola is not the guy to be a catcher on a World Series team Caratini hell no is way too volatile for me if the Padres take that look inwards and say we don't have the guy to win a World Series with behind the plate I, I could see like at the deadline AJ Preller making that rash move to go Contreras for hassle and
1: another guy yeah yeah absolutely totally um so. I think that's one. And then one other target before we move on to wrap up with the, with the last one never would wish this because I want him to have a beautiful final season, but let's say like Yadi Molina, just, just really wears down seriously this past year. Seriously. You know what I'm saying? Like realistically do the, do these rival teams never trade with each other here? Like, but the could thing they, is so it's like, a rental, it's a rental. Like, I think they would do it. It's a rental. Um, I think the cards would have to overpay. Yes. Just because of the history there. Yeah, so that's probably the longest shot. Uh, but all of those are are really interesting options. And what about, like, the Mets? Yeah. James McCann is a backup at this point, right? Like, he, he's not – am
0: yeah, I missing I – mean, am McCann I forgetting – like
1: am I forgetting a catcher on the mats? Like, am I, am
0: I forgetting something? I mean, they've got the muscle hamster waiting in the minors, Francisco Alvarez, but like, yeah, he's he, not, but, he, but know, that's there. the thing is,
1: is, is he's, he's off a little bit, right? Like he's not going to be up there in the next year, maybe two. Right. That's the perfect stopgap, in my opinion. I think so.
0: Yeah. A rental of Wilson. If you actually think that you can win a world series in 2022, maybe you go get Wilson Contreras. You know, they think that. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. I know they think that. Hundred yeah. percent. If
1: Cohen thinks that he can give him pep talks and take him to the promised land,
0: hey, quick, let's do let us just put together one hypothetical for, for Jose Ramirez because he is. I mean, we've talked about this. He's the best
1: trade piece in modern memory. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I, like, legitimately, the only other one I can think of is, is Miguel Cabrera with the Marlins. You know, yeah. two thousand six. Like, what or, what else is really comparable to that? Of like a young, still sub thirty established superstar who like has some control good at everything with control yeah you know miggy didn't have the glove but legitimately was you know a year or two away from winning a triple crown and i don't think anybody would have put money on him winning a triple crown but it didn't surprise the tigers that the guy they acquired ended up winning a triple crown like that's what they were hoping for like they were hoping for a hall of famer right finishing his entire career with them and they got i mean
0: like that that's the deal with Jose Ramirez. You go get Jose Ramirez, you're looking at a guy that you know you could genuinely see winning an MVP
1: in your uniform. No, you're 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 hoping that he's going into the hall with your hat on. Like that's yeah. that's what you're giving up here for and that that doesn't happen very often. So first let's identify teams that would be, you know, in that conversation. Okay. So these teams if we had to list five teams, it's probably the
0: five best farm systems in baseball. Okay, right.
1: So, by by default, the Dodgers, which that Dodgers. would make me that would actually make me fold just baseball. We would we would fold the company. Yeah, I think so. so um, they I'd would be so pissed. It. No, Seattle. Oh, that would be the coolest thing ever, ever, ever. I'm in. Yep. I'll put together a little package right yeah, there. Yeah, let's make a package Jose Ramirez goes to Seattle
0: for what and then we'll end the pot.
1: What about the Phillies? <laughs> <laughs> what is Dave Dombrowski cooking up right here?
0: You know what? I think you can He's like, "Can I it. trade
1: future picks? Can I trade the first round picks for the next decade?"
0: Yeah, lottery protected
1: um from the from the Blazers. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no lottery protection. No lottery protection. Okay. So we're putting together a package. J-Rod's not going anywhere, though. I'm sorry. Like, J-Rod's still untouchable. And I think you can get him without J-Rod. You start with Noel V. Marte. Jesus Christ. (laughs) This is absurd. So Noel V. Marte, Harry Ford. Catcher. Emerson Hancock. Oh. and, And Zach Deloach. Is that enough? Holy shit. Like, I don't know if that's enough is the thing. Are you, you, that's nuts, dude. So realistically, because this would be like a little teaser. It's not final. You know, I'm going to be updating the top 100 list and uh, probably by the end of December. Um, And I kind of have like an idea of some guys, Harry Ford will be entering the top 100 list. Um, George Kirby will be well inside the top, top 50. I think Mm -hmm. Uh, Hancock will be, you know, a top 100 guy for sure. He already is. Um, so we're talking about and, and Noelvi Marte's inside the top 50. So think about that. like I, have we ever seen that many top 100 guys in a deal? I right. think you could realistically be Noelvi Marte, um, Hancock and you go with Deloche and then a filler and I, I feel like that's gotta get like that's two top 50 guys, a top 150 guy and a solid filler. like that doesn't get it done. you, you just throw out four of their top six. The only guys
0: you're you're leaving out of that right now are J. Rod and George Kirby. Yes, uh, I mean, and you add they can one, do it know.
1: though. Like realistically, like let's say that's a no deal. If the Mariners were like, "Fuck it, we're doing it," they could go Noel V. Marte, Emerson Hancock, Harry Ford, and George Kirby, which they would never do, but they could do that. And the Guardians can't say no. You can't, no, you can't, you can't say no to that. You literally can't. Like I would, if that was the offer, I'd just be like, God, I'd get I'd a like boner someone... Arm. I'd get yeah. a boner. I would, I would. I, yeah. Yeah. So that's the point. They could do it. Like how, who else can really do that? Like, <laughs> And the Mariners, anybody... the Mariners become the sickest team in baseball, like the most fun team ever. And you know what the even craziest part about this is Jack is that their system would still be better than the White Sox by a lot, <laughs> yes. by
0: a lot. By so much. Wow. Wow. That, all right. That was fun. Sunday night activities. Uh, he's our, I'm Jack. Every corresponding link you need for the holiday season. If you want to get some merch. Also, if you just want to check out just baseball.com, it's in the episode description. Um, damn. What are we looking forward to on the site?
1: Ooh, so we've got, of course, this Cattell Marte piece out. We've got the Dodgers top 10 coming out in the next two days. That's a fun system. So you can definitely check that one out too. Um, and we just put out our top 10 remaining free agents. Uh, Ryan Finkelstein killed it on that one. Definitely go check that out as well. Yeah, that'll be legit. All right. See you guys.